1: Here we go. Tennessee, Alabama in the highest ranked matchup in the history of the series. What? Yes, that's I've done the research. I had my son, wife, Amanda LaFrada, everybody double check it. And it is true. It's an average ranking, whether you go AP or you go coach's poll of 4.5. It has never been that high before. And I think they started playing in 1906, which was a 6-6 tie. So that tells you something right there. He's Chris Landry of LandryFootball.com. If you don't go there, you're crazy. We want you to like and subscribe and share because we're with you at uh, OffTheHookSports.com and our YouTube channel continues to grow and it's because of the people that watch and listen. So we're going to break down Tennessee's offense and what they did against LSU and what to expect out of the upcoming Alabama game brought to you by Owls Nest Barbecue. And Steve Ray's Midnight Oil, a proud Michelin distributor. So, Chris, let's go ahead and talk about Tennessee's offense. They, they were gifted with a lot. Uh, great pump return, opening kickoff was muffed and recovered. And But still, uh, I thought that down one of the best players in the SEC and Cedric Tillman, they were efficient, which we don't use that word to describe Tennessee's offensive lot they ran the ball and they were explosive when they felt like they needed to be. I thought it was a great all around day for the balls.
2: It was. And, you know, I think the the key where I'd like to go with it is how efficient this team is, how much they protect the football. And that's, and look, I think that uh, you lose more games than you win. And and so meaning you, you, it's the plays you don't make more than the plays you do make. And I think that might surprise some people, but, We've studied this for years, and I know it's a six-to-one ratio. Meaning, if you make a crucial mistake, a turnover, it, it takes six explosive plays to make up for one mistake. Explosive play is defined by a run of ten yards or more, or a pass play of twenty yards or more. I mean, it takes six of those. Wow! To to make up for one mistake, and and, and that's in the worst case scenario. Now you've got to you've got to overcome those mistakes the best you can. And some teams that are explosive you know, um, you know, sloppy teams, the greatest show on turf with the Rams. They made a bunch of mistakes, but they were so explosive, they overcame it. And so obviously a team that's built around a defense and running game and a line of scrimmage team, mistakes are even more crucial. For a team like Tennessee, you could think they'd overcome it, but they, on top of their explosive nature, they protect the football. You know, if you go back to, third game of last year when Hendon Hooker started 39 touchdowns and two interceptions. That's ridiculous. That that's not, that's, that's not even realistic. I mean, you're going to have five interceptions, six interceptions just by tip balls and mistakes and whatever. They don't, they throw a lot of routes where it's going to be caught by the receiver or not caught at all. They don't attack the middle of the field a lot against, particularly against safeties. That comp- so that's a big part of it, but he's patient, too, in doing it. He'll run instead of making a mistake. He'll throw it away instead of turning it over. So the efficient as well as explosive. He throws the deep ball as good as anybody I've seen in college football in a long time. It is just something that fits his eye. He puts great arc on it. He doesn't throw every route as good as he just does. that. He's exceptional at that. So they've got weapons on the outside. They've got those wide splits. They make it difficult for safeties to come over and help that far. And if they do, they'll run the football and check into it. So they've got a system in which the quarterback understands it. He's very smart. He's a leader. He's competitive. And he just doesn't make mistakes. And so you can get big plays. They work the tempo well. All of those things are clicking. I think that it really depends on how well their defense plays in order to keep keep their offense in rhythm or to get early rhythm. Like, for example, I thought that there was a potential going into the LSU game that early start, if LSU gets off the good start, you know, what happened against Florida could happen against LSU, meaning Tennessee's offense never got a rhythm early. Why? Because Florida had the ball for most of the half. I thought that might be something LSU could do. Well, as you mentioned, LSU just, you know, fumbled the kickoff and they get well, then all of a sudden that created an early rhythm for Tennessee. You don't want that them to get rhythm and get in their high octane.
1: Yeah, I, I thought too with Tennessee against LSU, there was a time not that long ago, maybe last year where if you have a starting left tackle or a starting key player in Gerald Mincy go down, Tennessee's got big time problems because they got no depth, but Jeremiah Crawford yes. stepped in and against uh, BJ oligari and the, the, the other end that uh, skip my escapes my mind right now, but mm-hmm. They they had a combined, I believe, 11 or 12 tackles and no sacks. I just thought Tennessee did a, a really good job of being able to adapt with Crawford and being able to protect the edge. Because the last thing you want, obviously, is for Hendon Hooker to get hit.
2: Yes, they did. I thought Crawford was good. I thought Davis, when he put, I mean, I thought both of them did a really good job. Um, And they adjusted to it very well. And they also helped out a little bit by – um, they got the ball out quick, you know, and, then, and that was a big factor. If you looked, I thought early their screen game was very effective. And so that's how you slow down a pass rush a little bit is, okay, we've got to defend the screen game, we get caught upfield. So that was good design to say, look, we've, we've got to help these guys out. And then when you do that and keep people off balance, you got a little bit of an easier job than if somebody's teeing off on you on a seven-step drop. So they had really good balance, and I thought Hendon Hooker did a really good job being accurate on the screen game for the most part. Then there were a couple of them that just, for whatever reason, a couple of them were just right in the dirt, in the, you know. So, but for the most part, he did a really good job with that, and that allowed that that uh, I think the play up front to develop a little confidence and to slow down LSU's pass rush a little bit because I think they were a little tentative, and obviously. They were very cautious about, you know, the tempo was a big factor, too. And because the LSU offense wasn't productive, I thought gradually the LSU defense, as it always will, gets worn out with the tempo. So early, it wasn't all that hot, but, you know, it's hotter than it would have been at night. And you wear down an LSU defense doing that. And I thought Tennessee did a great job schematically and execution-wise for the most part. Wasn't perfect but boy it was really good and, and with an early lead and uh that to dictate that that was a real big factor for them
1: regardless of the opponent so let's take Tennessee out of it for one second if you're attacking Alabama's defense where's a weak spot
2: well I think you know um <laughs> that's
1: not an easy it's question not, it's not
2: easy I think that the secondary is not as dominant as they have been, but it really depends to me, depends on your ability to spread them out. Can you run the football on? If you can run the football on them and get out of split safeties, then I think you can pack the corners. But can you do that? So to me, it's it's the ability to run it. And, and Okay, so it depends on the type of scheme you have. And if it's just anybody, then I think it's tough to run power. I think it's better to in a spread set to be able to run the football. So against a Tennessee for against Tennessee, Tennessee, that's what they do. Tennessee Tennessee's not a physical team. They're a, they're a finesse spread team and angle blocking. So that is going to have a better chance. They hope of, of having success. Now can Alabama defend that with seven, um, and keep and play split safeties, that's going to be key. So that's how you try to attack them. You know, uh, Tennessee, it's hard to separate it, but I think you can attack the middle of the field at times. But if they play split safeties, that's a no-no, and that's not what Tennessee wants to do anyway. So can they win on the nine route, um, which is something, again, that Hendon Hooker throws well, can they get that? I think the biggest thing that Tennessee does best against Alabama
0: This episode is brought to you by Tic Tac, minty, refreshing, classic. And it's not just the Tic Tac Mints. It's the new track by Canise, with beats that'll leave you feeling as refreshed as a Tic Tac and a vibe that'll take you on a ride through 100 layers of flavor. Does it get any fresher than this? Tic Tac, enjoy the bright sight. That hundred layer joyride. Pop one, let's paint the
1: town. Freshman flavors all around. Take a ride on a Tic Tac.
0: Pick up a pack of Tic Tac Mints today
2: is the tempo. The tempo is the the equalizer for Tennessee. So even when they're not quite as good, they, are, they excel because even if they struggle to maybe get open, they will get you misaligned. And I think we saw that last year. Alabama makes a lot of checks. And so, you know, everybody does. I mean, they made a check to defend the last play against a and, you know, a, a lot of that is, is difficult to do against Tennessee because they go so fast tempo-wise. So I think that the way you do it is if you can work tempo against Alabama, which Tennessee does very well, that's the that's the best way to try to attack them. So Tennessee's approach, which is what they do, is the best way to try to attack Alabama Um Unless you've got, you know, Georgia personnel where you might be able to run the football a little bit more and force numbers into the box, then I think you can attack the field a little bit more. But for Tennessee, I think the tempo is going to be the key.
1: Will Anderson is, you and I've discussed it, a generational top player. Um, And I was talking to one coach who who said the difference between him and like a Jadavion Clowney is that you can't you could run at Jadavion Clowney. It's really difficult to run at Will Anderson. Your thoughts on on that um, and your thoughts on how he's performed to this point this year?
2: Well, you know, people have done a good job trying to neutralize and run away from him. But he's very, very productive still. I mean, he's got great length like like Clowney did. So he defends the run well but, boy, he can motor and close. See, that's the difference between him and Clowney to me is Clowney didn't have explosive speed. Um, Clowney was more of an inside guy with length, but this guy can set the edge in the run game. So Clowney a lot of times played inside, which is a little more difficult. With Will Anderson, he can set the edge, and he can, you know, close the edge, but he also can get upfield and just rush the quarterback. does so well in addition to protecting the football is and one of the reasons why he protects the football is he's not going to throw the football off for grabs. He'll take it and he'll run and he'll run up the middle and he'll escape and he'll pick up some yards, keep a play alive, you know, take a play on second down and make it a third and short instead of a third and 12. And those things are really pivotal. Alabama is going to be, it's going to be interesting to see, to, to slow down a Will Anderson, what you want to do is you want to, uh, run a lot of draw stuff, which, you know, Tennessee does. Run up the middle, get them chasing upfield, screen them. Now, Alabama's really good at defending the screen because the corners their safeties and linebackers come up very well. So I don't know that they're going to be as effective with the screen game as they were against LSU particularly early, but that's going to be key. You've got to try to neutralize Will Anderson, not with, hey, we're going to block it. But in most cases, you don't block him. You try to block someone else and work the ball away from him so that – and then what you do is try to get the ball out so quickly that he, he gets caught off field. So now he's a little bit more hesitant, or meaning he's reacting and he's defending the run a little bit more. Because, look, he can wreck a game as a pass rusher. So you want to make him defend the run a little bit more. You want to make him stay home a little bit more. And then when you do that, then you've got a little bit more time because he's not teeing off.
1: He is Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker. I want to remind you to go to Owls Nest Barbecue. Owls Nest Barbecue has all of your barbecue supplies, whether it's the rubs or the sauces, they've got the pellets, they got the wood chips, they've got it all at Owls Nest Barbecue. It's phenomenal. Steve Race. Midnight Oil is right next door. They're a proud Michelin distributor, and they do all my car service work in discussion. They're just that good. But Allison's Barbecue, man, that's the fun stuff with the Green Mountain Grill. Absolutely unbelievable. So he is Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation, Chalk Talk, of Off the Hook Sports.